This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590 AM, also heard on 100.5 FM. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany, and we begin with constituent questions. If you have one, you can send them by email to askkathy with a K at albanyny.gov. A couple of questions today, Mayor, that are, uh, you know, kind of nitty gritty of, of city life. Jim emails. A skunk was run over on Whitehall Road a couple of days ago. Hasn't been picked up. I'm assuming that's the responsibility of the city of Albany. Who do I call to get it taken care of as soon as possible? You can call the uh, Animal Control Office, and they will pick up that roadkill. It's 462-7107. Unless it's a deer, uh, that doesn't happen very often in Albany, but that's handled by the Department of General Services. Um but uh, but four six two seven one zero seven for most roadkill. I know I was driving on Whitehall Road. It's unfortunately a bit of a skunk graveyard. Uh, <laughs> right before there was going to be a road race, uh, and I I contacted Animal Control and said they're going to be about you know seven hundred runners on Whitehall Road. We need to get the dead skunk out of the road. That's true. <laughs> it's something you don't think about, but it's a real important kind of uh, you know um, broken window sort of making your community nicer that's, better that's right that's right all right okay question number two lakeisha writes i have two middle school children i want to keep active over the summer with all the financial challenges the city has i wanted to make sure the city of albany is still going to have summer camps this year we are going to have summer camps this year they're going to be lots of opportunities for kids at every age level and so um, we are going to be releasing the camp schedule and all of the different camp opportunities. Um, we've got five multi-week camps. Some of them are as long as five weeks for things like basketball, um, soccer, baseball, lacrosse is another mm-hmm. new sport. Yeah, yeah. Rel- it's not a new sport. It's no, a very old sport, it but it's, it's a new addition. Um, and golf, we, we, um, are using the golf course and we offered golf opportunities. So, uh, that information will be out. Uh, if this individual, you know, if Lakeisha wants to call, she can call 434-5699. That's 434-5699 to get information about the camps. We're just finalizing everything in the next couple of weeks. Turning to some topics in the news. This one was uh, trending even if you looked up your name on uh, Google News, for example, about better lights. The city of Albany hopes to save $100,000 annually with the installation of 7,500 new LED light bulbs in Albany's parks and municipal buildings. Can you explain this initiative? Yes, and it's a really great opportunity because we were able to replace the lights using grant money. So that means that that $100,000 in savings will be immediate. We don't have to worry about paying back the cost of Mm -hmm. the uh, purchase and installation of those lights. And that grant wasn't just for the lights. It was for a number of other initiatives that are ultimately going to reduce our carbon emissions, emissions, the equivalent of taking 550 cars off the road. So, you know, the technology has really advanced initially. The, um, you know, the, the lighting, people complained about it, uh, mm-hmm. for, you know, the, the energy efficient lighting, um, that it just, didn't really meet their needs. This new lighting is actually, we're able to put in lower watt bulbs. Um, it's really nice, clean light. Um, and it's really transformed both inside and out uh, many of the lights in the city. 
a bigger issue uh, is uh, the street lights. I mean, the street lights uh, are, that could be a costly change. That's right. And so we actually have a uh, grant that we received, and we're going to be doing a um, as with some of this funding. We're doing a study to see what it would take for us to purchase back our lights. National Grid owns most of our lights. Mm-hmm. Um, and National Grid, you know, they have a large infrastructure and a lot of things going on. And switching over their lights has not been a priority. We need to make it a priority. We spend about $4 million a year just to power our street lights. Bed bugs and other bugs. There's a proposal before the Common Council to make it illegal to put out furniture, bedding, or clothing infested with bed bugs or other insects for trash pickup without first wrapping these items in heavy-duty plastic. Do you support this idea? Yes, and it actually was passed by our Common Council uh, with uh, a tremendous amount of support. And this is something that came from our employees. This was an issue that was raised by our workforce. Um, it's been a persistent issue, and we need to make sure that our workers are healthy, that people walking by when people put their garbage out are healthy, and, and that we don't have infestations um, uh, that are associated with putting out furniture that's infested with bed bugs. The, the Landlords Association has opposed it, saying that they, the landlord, would probably end up being fined for a trash put out by their their tenants. There's even some indication they might go to court over this. Well, you know, I think that it's really important that landlords recognize that they are they are business people. Um, you know, they are operating businesses for which they are generating revenue, and they need to ensure that their tenants know the rules and abide by the rules, and that they're providing their tenants with the tools that they need in order to follow the rules. You know, no landlord wants to have bed bugs infested in their apartment. When that tenant leaves, if there's an infestation, it can remain in the carpets, it can remain in the curtains and other places in in um, those units, and it's a cost of, of doing business. And so, um, you know, we think that this is an issue that needs to be dealt with, and we can't continue to have issues with our employees um, being exposed. Labor really wanted this, and mm-hmm. we support it. Since uh, passed the council, uh, you support it. When do you expect this will take effect? The uh, I don't have the effective date of the um, of the uh, ordinance. Typically, it's thirty days from the date that I sign it. So as soon as that gets to my desk, which will probably happen within the next week, I'll be uh, I'll be signing it. An oil train protest is planned later this month. Anti-oil train protesters plan to block the entrance to the Port of Albany by land and also deploy on the water. They're going to put kayaks in the Hudson River. Uh, in particular, they're concerned in Albany about a city housing project, Ezra Prentice Homes, which is near the Port of Albany. And what they're concerned about is the possibility of these uh, oil trains or these oil uh, tank cars catching fire or indeed exploding. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. Is there any way out of this dilemma? Well, you know, we continue to work both at the uh, local, state, and federal level to advocate for safety measures, for slowing the trains down, uh, and for ensuring that the tank cars that are carrying oil are safe um, and that they are up to a standard that is designed for the type of oil that is being transported. 
And understandably, you know, this is an issue that really has multiple facets. One of them is the safety of the trains. Another is what's happening down at the port and the emissions once this oil is offloaded onto barges. Um, that's a concern. That's a local health concern. And then the third issue, which I really think that the protesters are focusing on, is what is our nation's energy policy going to be? This is incredibly, quote unquote, dirty oil. Um, you know, there's no controversy around that. It's more expensive to um, process. It's more expensive to get it out of the ground and to transport it. And there are many across this country that want to see us reduce our reliance on fossil fuels. And so this is an action I want to, uh, um, you know, assure people that these protesters have uh, been, made their uh plans well known they've they've made them well known for months our police department is coordinating with the port um, and with other public safety uh, agencies to ensure that we keep people safe while people demonstrate their first amendment right to protest and this weekend is the uh, tulip festival last week when you you talked about it you I uh, said there's going to be something different about the street scrubbing. What what was that? Well, there's going to be a new installation that's happening along State Street, and uh, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. But it'll be it'll be something that people can see when uh, at, when we walk from the street scrubbing to the Tulip Luncheon, and it's something that's going to remain there for all of us to enjoy. And it's just a sign of what's coming with respect to our commitment to ensuring that we capture our wonderful history and that we really make that accessible to people. Uh, in our downtown and the tulip queen will be uh, announced on saturday uh, and the finalists are samantha coons of gilderland shannon moquin of albany mariah ricard of cohoes raquel sadler of albany and davy award of uh, albany um, big event again yes and it's a really impressive group again of young women who are going to spend a year in service to uh, really the city and to young people in the capital region a health initiative. A half a million dollars is being granted by New York State Health Department to St. Peter's Health Partners and Capital Roots uh, to make Albany and surrounding communities healthier. What's the money going to be used for? Well, it's really a phenomenal effort because it's looking at every place where there we have the opportunity to make a food choice and we're often faced with choices that aren't necessarily very healthy. You know, it doesn't just include our schools, although we were at Pine Hills Elementary School and uh, it was really a great event. The, the kids were phenomenal, but it's really healthy initiatives at schools, also in vending machines at our workplaces um, and initiatives that get us out um, and make us more active. And so uh, the great thing about this grant is that oftentimes you get that one shot of money, but then there's no follow-on. This is $100,000 a year, every year for five years, mm -hmm. and working in partnership with the school district and St. Peter's and uh, Capital Roots, which is doing tremendous work around the Capital Region, is really great. And so, uh, you know, we really want to see more of those initiatives uh, at our corner stores with opportunities for fresh food and fresh produce, and then just, you know, not just teaching our kids, but teaching adults about healthy choices. Another health initiative uh, was announced this uh, week. Uh, the University at Albany awarded a very large federal community health grant. I think it was $10 million. And among the things they're going to do is deploy a community health 
task force in Albany and also in Amsterdam to address health care disparities of minority and underserved communities. And I think that this problem cannot be overstated. When we look at health outcomes in the United States, one of the areas that we look at, for example, is infant mortality rates. And the United States ranks lowest among you know, um, developed countries for infant mortality. But when you pull back the curtain and you look at what really is driving that number, it is infant mortality among minority children. Um, you know, f- among Caucasian children, infant mortality is really um, about in, in the mix with other developed countries. But what's driving our number down is that far too many of our children of color are dying in infancy. And so we have to understand what's driving that disparity. And it's not just poverty, although that's part of it. There are real disparities in how health care is delivered in this country to uh, people of color. And we need to focus on that and do something about it if we want to change the overall health comes for out- outcomes for our nation. You're listening to Talk of the Town with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. I'm Bob Cudmore. Throw all the political stuff at you, Mayor, that, that <laughs> was going on. And probably not all. There probably be other things I mean, that I'm leaving out. But it's certainly been a big week. Donald Trump appears on his way to becoming the Republican presidential nominee. Bernie Sanders won a narrow victory over Hillary Clinton in the Indiana Democratic primary, but she is uh, still leading in that race. The former Speaker of the New York State Assembly, Sheldon Silver, sentenced to prison on corruption charges. Another sentencing expected uh, uh, later in the in the month for the Republican leader of the state Senate. Long-serving Republican State Senator Hugh Farley announced his retirement. He's the longest tenured member of the Senate. Uh, the U.S. Attorney announced a probe of one of Governor Andrew Cuomo's longtime supporters. Republican Congressman Chris Gibson announced he'll not run for governor uh, in 2018. You want to comment on any or all of these developments? (laughs) Well, who said this isn't a political town? Uh, uh, You know, I think that this is something that we sort of live and breathe in Albany, being the state capital. And there are a lot of things that are going on. But I think one of the things that we should talk about is the polling that was done around what New Yorkers are really concerned about. And they are very concerned about corruption in state government and they want to see ethics reform they want to be able to rebuild that trust and so i think that that's something that i know the representatives for the city of albany are concerned about and it's something that we need to continue to think about and and take action on so that we can regain and rebuild trust you know i heard a commentator and that wasn't a commentator i heard a somebody uh say that you know we need to bulldoze washington and start over again um, you know, those are sentiments that we need to listen to. We need to hear those voices and we need to have a candid conversation about what we need to change in order to rebuild trust in government and uh, trust in people. And I think we're seeing um, some of the fallout from that in some of the uh, litany of things that you talked about that have just happened really in the last week. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, go to some uh, shout outs here uh, on Talk of the Town. Arbor Day, there was a a big tree planting in Albany, and Albany is known for its trees. That's right. We are a tree city for many years in the running, and uh, it's something that uh, probably one of the top things that I hear about when um, I'm out and about. People are passionate about their trees, whether that tree is uh, suffering from the emerald ash borer or whether they've planted a new tree in front of their house and they can't wait to tell me about it. Okay. 
bike, biking to school. You attended an event about that this week. I did. I did. And, you know, we had this was a bike to school day was this week uh, on Wednesday. Uh, we spent some time at Ash, which is uh, one of our elementary schools in Albany. And it is so great to see kids excited. You know, it was a little, as you'll recall, it was a little cloudy, a little drizzly on Wednesday. But there were still dozens of kids who rode their bike to school. And they spent some time with the Albany Police Department talking about bike safety. Uh, So it was really a great event. And uh, we talked earlier about the Port of Albany. Uh, there's a new warehouse being built. Construction at the Port of Albany's first climate-controlled warehouse could be finished by the end of the year. The new heavy-lift warehouse, in particular, uh, would accommodate the big power generation equipment that's produced at GE in Schenectady. That's right. The port has really been doing incredibly well, and it is uh, an investment that is necessary, and we continue to see investment at the port. Uh, there uh, is an investment that's going to be made in a second crane at the port. So uh, business is booming, and, and the port has two sides. It's both uh, Albany and Rensselaer, and there's been some significant invents, investment on the Rensselaer side of the port as well. And, uh, you know, we're really benefiting from the growth that we're seeing uh, at both GE and in other manufacturing opportunities here in the capital region. And a job fair. There's going to be a, a job fair coming up uh, on May uh, 25th in Albany. That's right. So we're really focusing on how we can make sure that residents in every neighborhood are aware of the job opportunities that exist, not just job opportunities with the city, but job opportunities in the region. And uh, we're really focused on, you know, there are job fairs that happen at the Times Union Center and job fairs that happen at the Empire State Plaza. We want to make sure that we're getting the word out to our residents and that uh, we're really bringing it kind of mm-hmm. to the street. And this particular uh, job fair is uh, co-sponsored by SUNY's uh, Schenectady County Community uh, College and the Department of Youth and Workforce Services, Wednesday, May 25th. 11 to 3 on at 112 State Street in Albany. That's right. So we'll be really working to get the word out on that. Um, you know, one of the things that I think it's really important for people to uh, to recognize is that one of the biggest challenges that we have in this region is that employers are struggling to find people to fill jobs. So there is opportunity out there. It is time to invest in your education to get that certification, to really um, show up and and see what jobs are available and what skill sets are needed to fill those jobs because we need to make sure that we've got a workforce uh, for the employers that are coming to this region. Pine Hills Elementary School, uh, the students there have finally reached their goal of raising $15,000 to help build a freshwater solar-powered well in Tanzania, Africa. Yep, it took several years, and it was a really great project. The school incorporated it into their learning process, into Common Core. It was an experiential learning experience for the young people. I was there for the celebration. The students put together an incredibly impressive presentation, um, and and they were incredibly impressive in giving the presentation. It was very much student-driven. It included song. It included uh, really a deep understanding of the need in Tanzania 
and what it took for these students to really accomplish what they accomplished. They even shot a video, um, you know, so it was really a multifaceted presentation. And I'm so proud of the young people at Pine Hills and for the leaders as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the principal and the teachers, we know that it took a lot of work on their part and, you know, just a, a really great story. And my deep, deep congratulations to all of them. Well, after all of these great stories, let me bring up the foul odor. Yeah. I mean, that was really an interesting tale. Uh, did get some uh, comment out of uh, City of Albany. Last week, people complaining to the media about a foul smell in the region, not just in Albany, but all the way up to Saratoga Springs. The explanation from state ENCON was it was manure and other fertilizers enhanced by a lack of wind. Was the city landfill or compost facility at fault? No, it was not. And I insisted that my staff go out and actually test it. You know, sometimes when you work (laughs) close to those facilities, you don't necessarily smell it. But I think it's also, uh, you know, you look at the fact that it was really the opening of construction season. So, you know, a lot of dirt being turned up for the 787 construction that's going on for the construction along Route 85. So in Albany, you know, you really had it coming from both ends. I was driving down 85 um, the other day and you could smell the tar. So I think it's, you know, because they're paving. So I think it was just a combination of a lot of work being done and that low ceiling that, that and, and low wind that it was kind of sticking around. Winter savings. Uh, good news on winter weather spending for Albany and other municipalities municipalities because of the mild winter the city spent three hundred ninety thousand dollars on road salt for example a lot of money but the previous winter the city spent seven hundred twenty one thousand dollars on road salt is this a like a windfall or what do you do well it's certainly not a windfall because we don't know what's coming we have a calendar year uh budget cycle so uh we need to get through november and december but you know we certainly um are you know grateful that we've got salt in the sheds um, that's paid for and uh, we'll be looking really closely it's as we build our 2017 budget as to uh, what projections we make for what we may have to spend in 2017 so uh, you know as my father used to say when the utility bill was low one month you couldn't spend the excess because it might be higher the next month so um, you know we're, we're, we're gonna wait and see what happens there Crumkill Road. There were three letters to the Times Union asking about progress on fixing a culvert on Crumkill Road. Uh, this closing that road to all but local traffic joint project between Bethlehem and uh, Albany. Uh, do you have any solace for motorists who use the road? Well, you know, I can understand their frustration, but what people don't understand, you know, really can, can't recognize from the surface of the road is that the problem is underneath. So just as we had a long closure um, of Delaware Avenue when there was that mudslide many years ago, underneath Crumkill Road, the entire culvert had been compromised. So the, as the creek runs under there, um, that needs to be rebuilt. It's not just repaving the street. So it is a more complicated fix. It requires advanced uh, orders of materials. Um, and so that is really what is causing the delay, and we're moving as quickly as we can to get it reopened.